We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and your coach, Brittany King, and you can't see me, but you can hear me. And I am jumping out of my seat with excitement today because I have one of my clients, friends, just incredible golden human being, Aaron Bonnell. <laughs> Bonnell. This is what happens when I get too excited. I just slur on my words, but I literally have like the biggest smile on my face because it has been, it's a, it's about damn time that we give this girl a microphone because when Aaron speaks, she speaks with intention whenever, like when she shifted and really kind of started to step into her power, every word that came out of her mouth or every word that she would type and write had so much intentionality behind it. So I am just so honored and excited to have you on the show, to give you a microphone, to share your experience and story, because your perspective, every time that you share it makes an impact, not only on myself, but anyone that you come in contact with. So welcome to the show, Erin. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much, Brittany. Wow. That was beautiful to have you reflect back to me, my goldenness. And I love just how raw you are, even like you stumbling on your words. Like, I know you're going to keep that in. And I love it because that's the real stuff. And um, we'll probably get into this a little bit today. But I started working with Brittany and, you know, my big thing was I'm a recovering perfectionist. So seeing women and leaders like you, like taking messy and perfect action. Like that's what I'm practicing. That's the season I'm in. So like, I'm so excited to be here. This is my first podcast too. So for anyone else listening that has ever been afraid to have the mic, like you're watching me in real time do this. So I hope I can be an expander for you, but again, thank you so much. And I'm so grateful to be here today. Oh, yes. I mean, that is one of the things that I that I, you know, used to be so afraid of, of having to do everything right. And the more I lean into the messy and perfect action, like the better things become and the more things that I'm able to do, because I'm not so afraid of making a mistake because I'm like, what does that mistake mean about me? Nothing. I just stumbled on my words because I was really excited to introduce you to the show. Um, but this is just like our relationship is just so special. I mean, we've known each other. We knew each other in the spin world. You're, you know, we're a student of mine. And then we reconnected through spin at power and flow. And I just remember when we kind of reconnected again and you had this look in your eye, like it was just that type of look. And I'm a very intuitive person that was like, hi, I need help, but I'm afraid to ask. And I could just see it. I could see it and I could feel it. And I don't pry. I don't like, I'm very intuitive. Like I can tell when someone needs help and like, I just can just be there. But I also know that it requires someone coming to me. Like there's, there's a, there's a balance. There's the dance. And I remember when you reached out and I was like, Aaron, I've been waiting for you. Like it was just (laughs) exactly what you said. I loved it too. I love that you were, I love that you were disciplined in not approaching me and you were like you know what I'm gonna wait for her to take that 
action because that I was definitely in a space where I knew for a while that I wanted to work with you and that I wanted to approach you. And it took me finding that courage in the spin room. I find a lot of courage in that spin room, (laughs) but it took me having the courage. And it was funny because I remember like walking up to you and you're like, it's about damn time. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, I've been waiting for you. (laughs) Yes. I've been waiting for you. Well, and I don't get that with everyone. Like I, I just, there's certain people that I connect with that I'm like, we're going to work together. I don't know when, but I just like have this future vision. And I think it's because I always see people's potential before they see it in themselves. Like when we first met, I was like, girl, you have, like, I just want to hold this mirror up to you so you can realize how incredibly powerful you are. And then once you started realizing what your power was, then it was just like game on. I mean, from where you were when we first started to where you are today is insane and in the best way possible, but you also put in so much effort. It did not happen passively. Yeah, it was the, I feel like it was definitely divine timing, but it was like, I was ready. And then the teacher appeared. It was like one of those moments. Mm -hmm. And I, I just look back and I knew, like you said, you're like, we're going to create magic together. And I didn't know what that meant. And I'm so glad that I just leaned in and to see all of the things not only have I, that I've created in my life, but that we've worked together on and, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, the best is yet to come and we're just getting started. And it's been, it's been really magical just to see like when someone finally shows you your own light, when someone finally holds up a mirror to yourself for the first time in a long time, oh, it feels so good. So I'm so grateful for coaches like you and for, and it doesn't, you don't have to be a coach to hold up light Mm -hmm. for someone else. Like Mm -hmm. I encourage anyone, just the people in your life, like be mirrors for them. Like Mm -hmm. when they're down, remind them of their light, because that's really what set me on fire was like realizing my power, but then I had to take action to match it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the, the blessing, I mean, when I say Aaron is a blessing, like she is a blessing on so many levels of just like what she's gone through in her experience and like how she's created a intentional t-shirt company. I mean, it's not even sweatshirts now, like it's evolving, um, through her experience, but also just like how she, how you've helped me. I mean, Aaron came to me when I was going on maternity leave and was like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you during your maternity leave because I know the potential of what you're doing. And I believe in it so much. And just like to have the balls to do that. Like, I just have to say is everything, right? Like you were just like, I see that you need this, you need help. And I'm going to be that person. Like you didn't even, I mean, you kind of asked, but you really came in and was like, I'm going to show you how I'm going to help you. And I was like, who like the universe was just like listening. Like it was, <laughs> It's just a beautiful relationship and how it's evolved and what you've done on so many levels that have helped me and this podcast and just the business in general. Like I can certainly say without a doubt that if you weren't there supporting me, that it it would have been very hard for me to come back from maternity leave because the overwhelm, like I just would have been blown like consistently, like definitely had <laughs> overwhelming moments, but Erin kept me so grounded because she helped me work through all of the like little nuances of getting back on my feet and doing the things that actually, that truly light me up that were like, seemed so big and overwhelming at the time. Um, so it's just a beautiful relationship. And like you said, it's for, it's just getting started. It's continuing to evolve. So I want you to share a little bit about like 
who you are, like what you're up to in this world and like what you've been creating. Yes, absolutely. So my name is Erin Bennell, and I like to say that I am a generator in human design. And if you don't know what human design is, Brittany has a great episode um, on her podcast with a a human design reader. So you can learn all about it, but I'm a generator. So what that means is I do my best when I'm connected to what lights me up. And so what I do that lights me up is one, I make intentional products that help you embody the way that you want to show up. And so that's my online sweatshirt company that Brittany was talking about earlier. And I've been really excited leaning into entrepreneurship world. I used to be in a corporate career in sports marketing and I have all this marketing experience. So the other thing that I found that like that lights me up is like Brittany said, when I got a chance to really plug myself in like the generator I am mm-hmm. into helping Brittany prepare for maternity leave, I found so much energy and in light and being able to help Brittany with her business and using all these tools that I gathered along my journey from this old career that I thought I just was like, Oh, well, I guess maybe one day this would come around, but to be able to use those tools, it was so, so special. And it really gave me a lot of excitement and being able to expand my own capabilities now on my own as an entrepreneur and being able to help my friends achieve their dreams. Those are really the two things that I'm, I'm doing right now. And in real time, I'm figuring it out. So labels are really hard for me. They're very interesting. So, you know, like I'm a wife, I'm a friend. I'm like a lot of different, I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, a girl who loves to ride spin bike. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm a lot of different things, but I would say that's, that's really about, you know, who I am. And I would say that the, the thing that's driving me in all that I'm creating is really my purpose and what I feel connected to. And really it, my calling, I feel like is to take all of the insights that I've learned through my own trauma and my own personal journey and to share those insights with others and to help wake them up to the truth of themselves and hold up the mirror to them and real and help remind them of the power that they have and to heal together. And that's what I'm doing. And now I just get to have fun and creating different opportunities for myself to work on projects and do just that. Mm. Oh, there's so, so many, so many things. I think, you know, when we were working together, that was the the focus. Like if I go back to our notes and our Trello board, like you wanted to figure out what your purpose was. You're like, I know there's something like, I know there's something out there that's like bigger than what I've been doing. And I'm trying to tap into it. And you were in this transition of like trying to figure out what that was. And just to even hear you make that statement and say it so confidently, it's like, you are living in your purpose, you're following it. And now you get to hold up a mirror to other people to help them find their light as well. As we're talking to, like, we're obviously not on video, which maybe I'll do video one day. I don't know. But the light behind you right now, Erin, like you're glowing. Like, do you see that? It's amazing. She's literally glowing. She's glowing right now. Um, but, you know, we we're actually going to record this episode last week and a a situation came up, a circumstance came up. And, uh, when we were going to record, we realized like, no, this is not the time to record this episode. This is time to like process this circumstance. And we've been talking about triggers a lot lately, like things that have happened in our childhood, things that have happened in our past that have, uh, that were traumatizing that like we get re-triggered in our present. And 
if you're, you know, paying attention to the personal development world, the word trigger is used quite a bit. And I think it can be really confusing. So I really want to spend the time kind of breaking down, like, what is a trigger? You know, what, what actually is happening? Because through your experience, you have a lot of work with this. And I think it's important to share because as a result of your experiences, you have, you're creating your dream life, you're creating your dream business, which wouldn't be possible if you weren't able to work through these triggers. So Mm -hmm. let's kind of just start with the basics of like, what is a trigger? So I would say that a trigger is an emotional flashback to something that has happened in the past. So a circumstance that's happening in present time is causing a painful memory to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. And there's probably more profound, like psychological definitions of what a trigger is. But I would say it's really being experiencing an emotional flashback in a present moment about something that happened in the past that mm-hmm. was painful. Mm-hmm. So like last week you were re-triggered. Something mm-hmm. happened and reading about this thing that happened re-triggered you. So tell me like what happens like when you are re-triggered. So I love like trying to wrap your head around like, well, what is being re-triggered versus triggered, right? Like Mm -hmm. what's the difference? And it's basically like getting re-triggered is when you have a trigger that happens over and over again. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's something like in my case, I was asking myself like, whoa, I thought I already healed this. Mm -hmm. Like I already did the work to on a previous wound that I had, you know, I did the therapy, I did the coaching, I did the meditating, I did the journaling, I did all the things I thought I had healed it. Why is this still coming back up? And that's what being re-triggered is. And it's basically like having flashbacks caused by that same event from the past, Mm -hmm. but it's, it can be, it can be triggered from different circumstances. So for me, like my original wound, I will say was, you know, back in 2018, I was working at an organization that was really toxic and it had a lot of physical and emotional abuse going on. And it was really traumatizing for me. And back in 2018, I, I went to HR and I had found the courage and I spoke my truth and I stood up for myself, even though I was really afraid and I was threatened that things were going to happen to me if I, you know, spoke out and I wasn't believed and I ended up having to quit the job and everything was kind of swept under the rug. And I faded into this like like place of deep depression and grief and feeling extremely lost because this career that I thought I had ended up turning into this really, really difficult circumstance where I was now finding myself in this feeling really powerless, feeling really hopeless and sitting in all these deep feelings of shame. So that was the original wound that happened back in 2018. And I've gone on, you know, since then to do a whole bunch of work on that. And now I sit in a very different reality. You know, now I am, it's 2022 and I own my own business and I live a much different life, but it was amazing to me that when an article came out about another employee at that same organization had come, come out and spoke their truth with a very similar experience to what I had experienced at that organization, 
I found myself re-triggered and it was wild because this, you could imagine like in 2019, right? Let's take it back. Maybe like a couple, a couple months or maybe even a year within me leaving that organization, I might see something on Instagram from like my old coworkers and that might trigger me, right? Trigger those flashbacks. But I just, I chalked it up to, oh, it was, you know, too soon. It's too close to that experience. That's probably why it's coming up. But for something, you know, four years later to come up again, after I've done all this work, I was very shocked. I was like, why is this still happening? So to me, I want to normalize that, like, nothing has gone wrong if you get re-triggered, even if you have done the work on something. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a reason why we get re-triggered. And I learned about this in a book called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm-hmm. Um, but great it's a great, book. great book. Um, it's by Bessel Vanderkolk, and I think Brittany can probably link it in the show notes, but yeah, yeah, it's a great book. And basically I like to think of getting re-triggered as like, sometimes our body mentally, like when we experience a wound, it's too painful to process at once. And so our body can disassociate. And what that means is basically like it disconnects from the experience. And so what that does is sometimes it stores the trauma in our body. And then as we're processing it, think about it like a paper shredder, right? If you have a hundred page document and you try to take that thing into the paper shredder at one time and you hit go, what's going to happen? The paper shredder is going to get clogged and it's not going to work, right? The way to actually complete the cycle and get your, your document fully shredded is by breaking it up into pieces. And so what I think is happening when we get re-triggered is I think that there's these these almost debris from that wound, those little pieces that were stored that maybe mm-hmm. we couldn't all process in one take that now our current circumstances. So for me, when I read that article four years later, what it's doing is it's shaking loose that debris and letting it come up to the surface. Mm-hmm. So then I have an opportunity to process it in a way that my body can handle. So I don't disassociate and I don't hit the eject button. So I would say that that's what's happening. And I think it's more common than we, we talk about. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, when Brittany and I were talking last week, like, you know, she shared with me, like, this is something that she experiences too, even as a life coach. I think sometimes I, we think of these life coaches and healers in our life as like, you know, oh, they must not have these re-triggered, you know, they, they know the tools and and that's just not the case, is it? Mm -hmm. No, no. And because I, you know, we're just so deep in this work, right? It's like Mm -hmm. the way that I view triggers is an invitation to heal. You know, it's like an invitation to clear out the debris and we don't often, we don't pay attention, then we miss the opportunity to heal our bodies because Mm -hmm. our body, like in the body keeps score, which I will absolutely put in the show notes. Um, it talks about how our bodies store the experience and our brain like blocks us off from it, but then something happens and we think it's happening again in real time because we can feel it in our body. And we're like, wait, why am I sitting here at my niece's dance recital? And I Mm -hmm. feel so afraid, so anxious. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, I was triggered by it because I had so much fear and anxiety about performing when I was her age, but it's so easy. Like we 
are so, um, I mean, now there's distractions are everywhere. I mean, we can easily eject out of the emotional distress, but the problem is when we do that, um, it's still waiting for us and we get back <laughs> wherever yeah. we go. It's still there, right? Like, what is that quote? Mm-hmm. Like, wherever you go, there you are. Um, the other day I was, um, triggered by something and I went to the page and I really just went all out in my journal. I mean, I could barely read it afterwards, but what was crazy about just doing that and acknowledging like, oh my gosh, I got kind of to the root of like what the trigger was, which had nothing to do with the the situation that I was in. I felt such a release afterwards. Like I felt clear things looked brighter because I wasn't fogged by this, like um, this lens that I was viewing the world at that time when I was triggered. So I think, you know, the, the being triggered is that invitation. So like for you and your experience, and this is what we ended up just talking about instead of recording the podcast (laughs) is like, Oh, now you need to like, now it's like this other fragmented piece. Now you get to heal this piece because it's going to continue to come up until it feels complete. And it might not ever a hundred percent feel complete. You might still feel that little like ping or pain in your heart. Um, when you see something about the organization or see something, a coworker post, but every time it's like the awareness around it is where the freedom lies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that you said freedom because one of my favorite quotes around Cause I'm always looking for my brain is like, well, what's the point of this re-triggered thing? Like, mm-hmm. why, why does it even happen? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the purpose? What purpose does it serve besides just right. like Pain. making us really <laughs> uncomfortable? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's, there's a quote from a gentleman named Peter Crone and he calls himself the mind architect, but this quote, I feel like does a really great job of explaining the purpose behind triggers and why they are happening and what purpose they serve. So his quote is, Life will present you with people and circumstances to reveal to you where you are not free. Mm-hmm. So when you said, you know, to create freedom, I really think that's what the, what the trigger is. I think it's an invitation to heal. And I think it's an invitation for us to reaffirm our intention to experience freedom in the present. Absolutely. I mean, that quote is so spot on because like we want freedom. We want freedom from this, the, the prison that we create in our mind, it can either be the like most expansive thing or the most limiting, but all of that is within our control. Once we bring awareness to it, like my sister always says, we know our triggers are the dark spots that turn to light spots. And that's exactly how I view it. It's like something that's like hiding in the deep shadows of our subconscious and something pokes at it, like pokes and pokes and pokes until it like comes up. And that's what the experience is. But we, again, are so good at just avoiding it, numbing it, pretending like it's not there. Like we can just, you know, overwork, overwork out, overeat, overdrink. Like there's so many things that we do when, if we just actually opened up to it, we would act be find that freedom, but it's not that simple because the experience that we had made us not feel safe. And that's kind of what I think, you know, the, the conversation what we had last week was really about was like, you were silenced. Like you didn't feel safe. You didn't feel validated in what your experience was. And then you like question, like, am I in the wrong? Did I do something? Is this normal? Like, is this experience? Like, is this just what happens? So let's talk about what happens, you know, when you are triggered or re-triggered, how, how do you navigate it? Yeah. So I think, I 
I found myself sitting there in real time. And it was so beautiful that we, we had that the hour yeah. booked right. <laughs> to talk about it, but it's really, it's really down to, I think three simple steps of like, how do you navigate when you're triggered? And the first step is to reconnect to your body and feel safe because if, if we're not feeling safe, our fight or flight, mm-hmm. our primal brain, it it's too loud for us to even function. And you know, you know, this from, you know, experiencing, you've experienced this with being a new mom. I know you kind of opened up on a recent podcast where you were talking about kind of your brain coming in and wanting to almost sabotage you working on your business because it was viewing it as a threat that you mm-hmm. weren't taking time, you know, with, you know, mm-hmm. being a parent. And so I think really it's about, can you create safety and can you get into your body? And I will say like, for me, I have lived my life, most of my life dissociated. I learned this from the book and I learned this from, from your podcast and from just doing this work is I didn't even know what disassociation was. Right. I didn't realize that I've lived my whole life disconnected from my body. So Mm -hmm. to experience actually coming back into your body and being connected to your body, I think that's where I found my connection in spin class. So I think this is, there's a lot of different ways that you can reconnect to your body, but I found myself for the first time in my life. And that's why I had such an emotional experience. My first spin class, I sat there on the bike. I had no idea what was going on. It was loud. It was dark. It was sweaty. And I was just bawling. And I was like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, it's because for the first time in my life, I'm feeling connected in my body. You know, I'm feeling safe. I'm clipped into this thing. And it was incredible. And so I think that that's a clue that we can take with us and saying, okay, how can we experience getting back into our body and feeling safe? And I wanted to ask you, I mean, for me, my top three things I like to do is exercise something physical. Um, the other thing I like to do to get back in my body is like physically putting something on my body. So like, for me, it's like my sweatshirts or, you know, physically like writing in my journal or something with my hands or even grounding myself with my feet on the ground. I'm doing something physical. Is there anything that, that you like to do to get back into your body? Um, I mean, exercise, I think number one, you hear me say it all the time. And I talk about this in, in the mind over matter method movement is medicine. And it's so fascinating because you're not the only person that's cried in a spin class. I mean, if you're listening to this episode, like raise your hand, if you've cried in a spin class, right. I never understood it, but like, I started teaching spin when I was so young and I didn't realize that I was like doing these embodiment practices before I actually understood what it was and like how healing it was for me without realizing that it was healing me by, by Mm -hmm. spinning and like getting into my body. And I've had so many students when I was teaching, like come up to me with tears in their eyes. And I think it is that like reconnection of like coming home to ourselves, you know, spending the time, Mm -hmm. not in our head and really getting into our body. I mean, that's how I always used to start my classes is like, get out of your head and into your body. I really didn't know what I was talking about. Like I was just like teaching, I don't know. I was just like teaching spin. And then it really started to become a practice of like, we're not in our head for this 45 minutes. Like let's just drop into our body and like feel how powerful we are from like from this place. So yeah, number one, for sure, for me, like an embodiment is being in my, in my body through movement. Um, breath work is another beautiful 
embodiment practice because it helps you connect to the areas that you might feel resistant or tension or tightness. So you're kind of like, it's like using your breath to guide where those parts in your body might be holding some of those stored memories I actually did a somatic breathing. Um, I had a somatic breathing one-on-one last week and it was insane. Like the, how powerful our breath is. I was just like mind blown by the experience because all I was doing was breathing in different like cadences and my body was mm-hmm. like shaking. My jaw was shaking. It was like such a release. Uh, and then the feeling afterwards, I wasn't sleeping, but it was like this deep meditative state. It was nothing but my breath. And really dope tribal music, which definitely helped. (laughs) So like those, I think are really, really important practices for embodiment. And then of course, I mean, how you want to show up, like how you take the stuff that you learn and actually practice it, embody it, show up from that place. Yeah, absolutely. And you had a, you had one of our movement goddesses on your podcast, Pat, all Natty Patty. Mm-hmm. And I encourage anyone to go listen to that episode. I think it was episode 81 where she talks about the mind body connection and mm-hmm. she, she knows way more about this subject too. And so I encourage if you're looking for inspiration on how to get back into your body, she is a great expander and someone to, to follow, um, who can help you reconnect with your body. But I would say that that is the first step is reconnect and feel safe. Mm-hmm. Once you're there, then you'll find you have much more clarity to mm-hmm. navigate from. So then I would say the second step is all about getting curious and building upon that awareness. And when we were talking, I know that you said you and your sister, very actually curated some questions that you like to ask when you're in these moments. Do you want to share what those are? Yeah. You know, it's so nice to have the the space and the community to have these conversations because we just want to heal, right? Like we want to heal ourselves so we can help those around us heal. So having, you know, these amazing people in my life, like Aaron, and then my sister to like have these conversations about are just, it's, and I feel so blessed because it's hard to navigate alone and reaching out and being like, Hey, cause my sister has a ton of experience with this. She's very trauma informed, um, just talking about it. And some of the questions that she shared with me for when I feel re-triggered and I'm not sure why, um, the first one is was something about this situation triggering and made me feel unsafe. So just kind of checking in, like, what about this situation made me feel unsafe? Like, did Mm -hmm. my body feel threatened or did my mind feel threatened? Because you're kind of able to be a detective. And I think what's really important is being curious more than judgmental because we instantly drop into judgment when like something happens that we don't like. I've had experiences in the past where I completely disassociate, which basically, if you're not familiar with what this association is, it's a survival mechanism where our spirit quite literally leaves our body and you're just not there. Like there's just, you're, you're physically there, but like mentally, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually, you're gone. Your spirit's like, this situation is too much. I'm going to leave my human suit. (laughs) I'm just going to go hang out in the ethers until this really intense, uncomfortable situation goes away. Basically. 
Um, and then when you come back into your body, you're super disoriented, like what just happened. And it's important to recognize when you do that. And you can only do that when you start to get curious about what triggers you, like what situations make you feel unsafe, what conversations make you feel unsafe. Is it a physical threat or is it a mental threat? Again, like only being curious and building awareness is going to get you there. So we're triggered all the time. We don't realize it. Like I know I never realized like that I was disassociated um, and what situations made me disassociate. I just thought that something was wrong with me. I thought that like there's just something wrong with my brain and that's just what happened. And I wouldn't talk about it, but then having these conversations, I'm like, Oh, Oh wait. So this is just, this is not just me. Like other mm-hmm. people have this experience too. And it makes me feel less crazy and alone. So that's kind of the next step is being curious about the situation and like why you might've felt threatened or like if you felt threatened in your body or your mind. Um, And then the last question to check in with is like, is this some sort of muscle memory? Like, is it just become a pattern that you're just so used to doing that you don't even realize that it's happening? And I think that is so important to recognize that it might not be, you know, necessarily the circumstance or the situation. It just might be a pattern that you have created over time because that's what happens. Like if we do it so many times over and over again, it almost just becomes a part of us. So you might be having a conversation with someone and it's very easy to feel, you know, disassociated if there's something about it that is just muscle memory. So those questions, I feel like really help you get curious about what is actually going on. And the key word is curious. Like it's way easier to be judgmental of like, well, why are you doing this? What's wrong with you? And when we ask what's wrong with you, our brain is going to, you know, divvy up tons of tons of answers. You're going to get a whole list of all the things that's wrong with you. And then that is also very limiting. So when you're curious and, and more like compassionate too, like, Oh, like there's a part of me that like, that's like hurting right now. Like, how can I help this part of me feel seen, heard, validated, and loved on? Absolutely. And I, and I, I'm just going to be really honest. Like when I first started, when I was re-triggered last week, I was immediately in self-judgment. I was like, wait, I thought I already healed this. Like, what does this mean about me if I'm still feeling this way four years later, you know? And so it's it's okay that that happens. Yeah. And like, it's it's going to happen if you, it's going to happen, but be aware, aware of it. And I will say that it wasn't until I finally got into that compassionate place and got curious that then I was able to do the work. So just be really, really mindful of that too, Mm -hmm. of like, the judgment or the escaping because escaping is going to feel like freedom, but it's, it's fake no. freedom. It's fake <laughs> freedom. freedom. It gets you further away from what you actually yeah. want. I mean, <laughs> the quote, the only way out is in, or the only way out is yeah. through, or, you know, whatever it is, is so true. Like, yeah. and then once you feel safe and you're able to explore what it is, you realize like, wow, I've spent so much of my life running. I've been mm-hmm. running from this emotion because that's what it is. It's an emotion. It's like, we don't want to feel it. So we run from it and we do everything in our power to not feel it. But if we can turn and allow ourselves to feel it, that's where the true freedom lies. And the trigger is just like, hi, like feel me. Like this emotion needs to be acknowledged and it's like, hi, hi, hi. And it's just going to keep happening until you turn to it with love and compassion. And you're like, all right, 
here we go. Like, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And it's, it takes courage to, to Mm -hmm. get to that place, but you're not going to get there unless you go. Yeah. Unless you go through those first two steps. But I found myself last week when I was re-triggered, I finally got to that place. And I will say like the third step was to set your intention Mm -hmm. and to feel empowered. And so what I did is I realized it's right then and there when I'm sitting in it and I have the clarity, I feel safe. I've gotten curious. And I then asked myself what I call the golden question, which is how you set your intention, which is asking yourself, how do I want to use this? And that led Brittany to coming up with this beautiful analogy that I'm a visual person. So for me, like seeing like ideas or pictures in my head really helps me um, kind of embody or like understand this work at a deeper level. So she was talking about almost like a fork in the road and talking about like on one fork is a path to faith and the other fork is a path to fear. And going back to this idea that our triggers are really invitations for us to heal and invitations for us to rewrite our story. Like I was sitting in there feeling being triggered by shame or feeling triggered by like gaslighting or feeling triggered by, you know, not being believed in what that meant about me. And I was sitting there in the trigger and I was able to ask myself, Aaron, how do I want to use this? And so I know the truth is I don't want to use it to feel low self-worth and I don't want to use it to reaffirm shame or go down that, you know, negative low vibe experience. I could, and I have, to be honest, I have before, Mm -hmm. um, and I know where it leads, but I have an opportunity only through this re-trigger to make a different choice. And so I chose in real time last week to choose my path of power to say, you know what, I'm going to choose to reaffirm my safety. I'm going to re I'm going to choose to have faith that I trust that everything in my life is happening for me and that i trust the process. I trust the journey that I went on. I also believe myself and I can give myself that forgiveness, the forgiveness that I didn't give myself back then I get to in real time as I sit here today from something that happened four years ago, I get to give it to myself now. And then that's what creates the feeling of freedom. And that's what we all want. Mm -hmm. And so those were the steps of how I got from the trigger to freedom. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful. And it was like the most beautiful mistake that ever happened because it was like, I was showing up to do this podcast with Brittany and I was like, oh my gosh, I just got Mm re-triggered. And then now I realize that this is what we're supposed to be talking about. Mm -hmm. That it's these meaningful, deep conversations about real stuff um, with with women and with men and with all all sorts of people have experienced different things. We all have these shared experiences. And when we can have these types of conversations, this is what opens us up to being able to do this work in community together. It's personal work, but we don't have to do it on an island. Mm-hmm. We get to do it together. And I think it's all about creating a safe space and a container and being comfortable while you're getting uncomfortable, which is what my whole like mm-hmm. business is about. Um, so that, that was such a beautiful conversation we had last week. And I, again, thank you so much for being able to share what I, what, what I experienced during that. And Mm -hmm. I would say that I know I will be re-triggered again. 
I know I will. I just expect it now, but now I feel so powerful that, and I feel calm that I have the tools to know what to do when that happens. And one thing that I did do just as like a hack or a tip is I created a note in my phone and I titled it, please read this when you're triggered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I put these questions and I put these steps in there because sometimes we forget, you know, sometimes we get right back into life and we forget. Totally. And so I set my future self up for success by, by creating that note for myself. Yeah. It's like, it's well, and like, especially when you're in the emotional experience, like to mm-hmm. know that you have that like touch point of like, okay, like I've been here before. I know that I'm like, something has activated me something like I, my nervous system, I don't feel safe. What are the steps? Like knowing that that's available is, is huge. Cause you are setting your future self up. I think what you said is so important, um, about, you know, that you're going to get retricked. Like it's just going to happen, but you feel more empowered and uh, cause you understand yourself better. You have language around it. You understand when something's happening in your body to listen to it because we're just so good. If something's happening in our body, we just push it away. But now you realize like, Oh, if this is happening in my body, then this is an invitation to just pause and look at like what, what is going on about this situation that might have re-triggered me. And that I do believe is where the power is. And I think that, you know, you touched on community. It's like, having these kinds of conversations normalizes it. Like there's not, there's no shame around even judging yourself at first for being re-triggered. Like, oh, I should be healed by this right by now. Like, you know, like having that, that voice, but then also being like, yeah, but then I was also able to shift it to compassion and curiosity after I acknowledged the, the judgment and realized that that wasn't helping me get through it. In fact, it makes it almost worse because we're like, Oh, I should be over it by now. Let's just push it aside. Right. So I, I do feel like understanding that and having these conversations in community is everything. And, you know, that's what I love about the mind over matter method, the group program, especially for anyone that's like brand new to like the group setting within the first couple of sessions, you realize you're like, ah, you too, like you're triggered. Yes. By that. It's like, and then you don't feel as on an Island, you're like, Oh, and then it's an invitation to like heal together. And I think that that's just so beautiful. And you're just such a great example of that because like, you've been through some, some life circumstances that anyone on it, like look at it on a textbook would be like, what the fuck? And <laughs> like, this is the, like, these are facts, right? Like they'd look at that and be like, what the fuck? But then look at you and be like, wow, she was able to transmute these experiences into her power. And that is an invitation to someone else because they see it in you and you can expand them. And it's just like, you know, it's the gift that, that keeps on giving. Like we're, we're really all here on this earth to be expanders to show people what is possible for them. Um, and I, I do want to touch on like how this led to your, your business, because when we started together, Aaron had like created a t-shirt company you said in 2020, right? Like the pandemic hit and then she was like, and Aaron is a creative force of nature. So I already know that like her creative mind's like, I need an outlet. Like I need to do something with this like creative energy. So she created a t-shirt company 
but then she just kind of sat on it. It just like existed on the ethers. And I remember this, like, I remember when I saw the shirts because I love it. I love wearing shirts that represent how I want to show up. Like I, she was posting shirts with like resilient and gratitude. And I'm all about that. Like I, oh, I love, if I'm going to wear a graphic tee, it better represent like who I want to be in this world. And she was doing it, but then I didn't see anything else about it. And this is before we worked together. So I just kind of figured like, it was just might've like been like a tiny, like creative project. Then we started working together and I was like, oh, I see what's going on here. I understand why I haven't seen much about it because there was these different blocks mm-hmm. and fast forward to today. I mean, how it was this a year ago, like what, right. Yeah. A little over, over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fast forward to today. Like, what are you doing now? Now it's amazing. I feel like the floodgates have opened and it there's, it's crazy to think like it hasn't even been a year since I bought all of my supplies for my business and they were sitting in the box because I was too afraid to open them because I was a perfectionist and I was like, I can't do it perfect. Can't do it at all. And I was so blocked. And now it's like, I just keep hitting these milestones for myself and it's a snowball in such a positive direction. So now I have my online store that's aaronvanell.com, which is where you can shop some of my signature designs. I also created something really cool on the first Friday of every month. I open my doors for custom orders. So that way people can choose their favorite designs, whether they want a t-shirt, a tank top, a sweatshirt and their favorite colors. And then I can make it here Um, with intention at my home and then I ship it out. So it's been so fun just in real time to be able to like feel myself like leaning into new experiences and failing and getting back up and trying again. But being having all these tools to work through it is how I'm here right now. And I've I'm so excited. I'm I just sent my first like packages out and I was so happy. And I remember being like it's I'm genuinely just happy because of the thoughts that I'm thinking about myself. And I'm, I'm fully, am, I'm fully aware of that. I can, I can create success in my life. It's just doing what lights me up. And I, I'm not afraid of challenges that are going to come my way. And I'm really excited to just to continue to be around other creators and other women who are in real time doing this work and still continuing because we don't have to have triggers stop us Mm -hmm. from living our life. I used to think that I wasn't going to be able to live the life that I wanted to, unless I was fully healed from all of the traumatic experiences that I went through in my life. And what I've realized, which is such a gift, which is I don't have to, there's no perfection in this. This is about healing alongside me building this life. And in real time, we're going to be walking side by side. And as I'm continuing to get invitations to heal through triggers, I'm going to continue to be taking messy and perfect action and following, you know, my gut as far as like whatever lights me up. Mm, I'm so glad that, that, that you said that because that, right. Like without these little invitations to heal, you wouldn't be creating this business, like that block would still be there. So you're learning that it's like happening in tandem. You don't have to be, I mean, you don't have to be a hundred percent healed. You have to be 50%. You have to be even 20%. You just have to be willing to face 
the things that come up along the way. And when you do that, it gives you the ultimate gift. It gives you that, that freedom, which is what we all, which is all we desire so, so deeply. So, ugh, Aaron, you're such a gift to this world. Like I tell you this all the time, like she is such a gift, such a light, um, her, the, the way that you show up for yourself and show up for others is just so beautiful. And I'm grateful that the universe like brought us together um, in so many different ways. So if people are curious about your t-shirts or if they just want to chat with you, um, have these conversations offline, where can they find you? I would say that the best place that you can find me would be my Instagram. So it's at Aaron.Benell. You can find me there. And there's also a link to my shop, which is my name, AaronBenell.com. Awesome. And you can see all the shirts. I mean, I'm pretty much, pretty much every little drop that you do, I get a sweatshirt. And I was actually thinking about this this morning when I was putting away um, my laundry, I was like, I'm so excited to go to California because I get to wear one of my sweatshirts. Yes. At least once a day. Um, I'm a sucker for like the big comfy sweatshirts. And that is exactly what Erin has created. And now she is turning and, you know, using t-shirts and tank tops, and it's just going to keep evolving and growing as you keep evolving and growing. And without, you know, being on this healing journey, it wouldn't, it wouldn't exist. And that's, you know, what this work is about is like healing yourself. So you can share your gifts with the world. Like people need the gift that you have. They want that support. They want to wear a sweatshirt or a tank top or a shirt that helps them embody who they want to be in this world. So it's just so important that we do this work so we can share our gifts so then other people can tap into their gifts. So it's just, you know, that positive ripple effect that I talk about so often. And I just am so grateful that you are doing this work because it would be a real detriment to our world. If you were not sharing your light. Yes. And thank you for your part in helping me see my own light to, to be able to do this, but yeah, I want to get uncomfortable on purpose together Mm -hmm. with other people that are doing the same thing. And so it's so cool too, because some days I'm like, I need my resilient shirt. I need to feel resilient today. Right. So I put it on. And then some days I'm like, I want to feel big energy. And I put my big energy shirt on. So I feel like Mr. Rogers, whenever my, whenever my friends see me, they see whatever sweatshirt I'm really, I'm wearing they're like, Oh, Aaron's feeling like that. Yeah, today. She's, okay. She's tapping into her resilience today. Yeah. She's dropping into gratitude. I know I it's brilliant. Yeah. I think it's, I, I mean, you know, I'm obsessed. I think I have my favorite is, um, the trust the process sweatshirt. That's, I feel like, I feel like that's one of your best sellers. Every time I wear it, someone's yes. like, Oh, I want that. And I wore that. I like all throughout pregnancy because there was a lot of times where I would have thoughts that created worry and anxiety. And just even wearing that sweatshirt and seeing it reflected back, like quite literally on a zoom screen, trust yeah. the process just reminded me to surrender and know that everything is working out and it's okay. Like the worries that I were creating, they didn't exist. They weren't actually real and it was unproductive. So when I see myself wearing a shirt that says, trust the process, it really helps me relax and, and just drop into that place of surrender and trust. And it's like, you don't realize how powerful it is to be wearing a shirt that says that, but it really does work. So, uh, yeah. Embodiment is no joke. Like embodiment is no joke. Mm -hmm. Physically putting things on your body, 
connecting to your body and setting the intention. If you do, if you took anything away from today, like getting back in your body and setting a powerful intention, those two ingredients are powerful Mm -hmm. ingredients. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like just if we practice that alone, I mean, where, where we would be just like Mm -hmm. you think about it just every day checking in. Um, okay. So my last question for you is, you know, we've been talking about this a lot, like fun is a value of mine. I know fun is a value of yours. And when we talk about this work, it can feel really heavy. Like when we talk about triggers and trauma and like, and it is like, we don't want to, you know, unvalidate the experiences that we've had. Um, and at the same time, I, I think it's important to bring lightheartedness into it to kind of take the serious grip that we have, that there's something wrong and we're broken off and invite in fun and enjoyment and flow. So I'm curious of like, what do you do that brings you that like enjoyment, that, that fun, like what, how do you find and and define your joy? It's so needed in this work because you're right. Like, I think it has this perception where it can be so heavy. And so for me, I am so intentional about my fun. One thing, one way that I have fun on purpose is that I actually create a weekly holiday on my calendar. It's called fun Friday. (laughs) I've deemed it a holiday on in my life. And basically every Friday I set out to have an intention of fun. So I schedule something on purpose. That's a fun activity. So whether it's like, I want to go get a slushy for summer. Like that feels fun. It makes me think of being a kid and I live in Arizona and it's a million degrees outside. Like that might be my fun thing that I want to do. Or I think about what's something that maybe I have been saying, Oh, I just don't have time for that. Right. That's always a good thing that I'm like, Oh, but that's the, that's that's the the fun fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like saying, you know what, it doesn't matter that it's not time efficient or all these productivity, like, um, kind of metrics that we, we filter all of our decisions through. It's like when on, on Fridays, I filter my decisions through fun Mm -hmm. and it creates such an adventure. And I don't, I like, I create space and maybe sometimes I'm like, Ooh, I definitely want to go like do this activity. So I'll pre-book it. But a lot of times it's choose your own adventure. And I just let whatever comes up and whatever feels fun. And so maybe it's like, I, I wear something bright, or maybe it's like, I go physically do something, but I definitely build fun into my life because if I don't build it in, it's not going to happen. So I think being really intentional, intentional with it. And I also think that this work can be fun. I I think it also helps install this work at deeper levels from a neuroplasticity standpoint. When we're having fun, our brain looks at what we're doing and says, oh, she's enjoying this. Let's go ahead and pay attention to this. Let's mm-hmm. have this sink in because we want to have fun. Mm-hmm. And it creates this reward system in our brain. So if we can make this work fun on purpose, we're actually setting ourselves up for success mm-hmm. in the future. And when I finally understood that, it really changed the game with this, with my approach to work. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do look out for not only like, what do I need, but then pairing it with something fun. And it can be as simple as like, if you want to read a self-help book, or if you want to listen to a podcast, great. But like, how can you make that fun? So maybe it's like, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to go 
like set up myself in a a yoga class or something or whatever it is. Like Mm -hmm. let your inner child speak to you. She's there. And a lot of us just haven't tapped into fun. We haven't even learned how to do that. And I would say that Brittany, you've been a great leader and fun because for me, like every time I watch you, I'm like, Oh, you're showing me how to have fun. You know, you're showing me how, whether it's your Instagram stories, you're doing like, like dancing or choreography. Um, music is a great, uh, avenue towards fun. So I definitely encourage people out there to like schedule in the fun, be intentional with it. It comes along the journey with the work. It's not separate. It's not, we do the work so we can have fun. Now we're going to do, we're going to have fun while we do the work. And that's what the mind over matter method program that you've created is. And I think that's what makes it so special is you are the, you are the only person that's doing it in this way where it feels fun. So it doesn't feel so heavy. So when we have our calls, we don't feel drained. We feel, we feel like empowered. And I think fun is the catalyst to feeling that way. Yeah. Ugh. Well, thank you. Thank you for that sweet little plug. But it, I mean, I did something that I do focus on because I totally notice when, even, even if I'm thinking, oh, this is fun. And I say it all the time. And I've had people be like, you know, your definition of fun and mine are totally different, which is true. It's completely subjective, but it is how you think about it. Cause if you're telling your brain, oh, this is fun. I'm enjoying it. Like you said, that reward system, it's like, well, pay attention and let's do it again. Oh, you like Mm -hmm. this? This is fun. We're going to do it again. Um, you know, I'm thinking even just like nail color, like it's something that's so simple, but like when I look at my like bright color nails, I'm like, that is so fun. Like it just feels like a party on my nails and like my hands, which I use all of the time. And it's like those little things I think make such a difference. And you don't have to say, Oh, I need to heal and, and, and go through this. So I can have fun. Like it is so in tandem and they actually work really well together. So I'm glad that we brought, I'm I'm glad that we talked about that because it is just so important. Like I truly believe my mantra is if we're not having fun, what's the point? Like if I go to a workout that I hate doing, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. I'm not having fun, but I can go to a workout and be like, how can I have fun while doing this? Whether if it's loud ass music, I'm just going to dance and look ridiculous because I'm the only one dancing or clapping, or maybe I make a game out of it. I'm a big gamify person. I gamify everything. And that's how I get things done. I'm like, how can I make cleaning the closet a game? but I do it and I enjoy it and I have fun. And my brain's like, cool. That was awesome. Let's do something like that again. So anyway, we'll have to, I mean, there's going to be a whole bunch of episodes about the science of having fun and why it's so important and like making time for joy. So we'll save this conversation again. I'm going to have Aaron back on the show because I'm glad to be back. (laughs) I love talking. I mean, like these are the types of conversations we have quite often. I mean, it's not always about triggers. We talk about other things as well, but these are the, like I craved for most of my life to have like deep, meaningful conversations without fear of being judged. And really that fear of being judged is judging myself. And then once I started getting into this work and like helping other people, and then having these conversations with my friends and people in my community, it was what I, I wanted so badly. And that was kind of how this podcast came to be. Cause so I'm like, I want to have these conversations that I crave so I can share them with other people, because if I'm benefiting from them, someone else is definitely going to benefit. And, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful, a beautiful cycle that it creates. So Aaron, you're a gift. 
you're a gift to this world and my life. And you're like, I'm so blessed to have you and have you in my life and know you and get to be a part of your journey. And it is like one of the most inspiring um, transformations that I've seen. And like, we keep saying it's just the beginning. Like, it is just so cool to imagine where you're going to be in another year from now and then another year. So I appreciate you so much. Is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? I would say just to stay golden and just to remember that like Brittany ends her podcast with, you know, let your light shine because you are so worthy of it. And she is a great um, representation of my mission. And that's why I think Brittany, you and I have such like similar intentions with business and how to make it fun and how to serve. But Thank you so much for having me on today. And I equally feel the same way about you, but I really appreciate you. Thank you. Gosh, these are the types of conversations that we have in the Mind Over Matter Method community. And I'm just so grateful. There's no surface level. Like there's just like, let's just talk about what's real. Let's talk about what's going on. And what I love about working with Aaron is we speak the same language and we can have these types of conversations because we are able to hold the space for each other. And we actually had this episode scheduled to interview uh, the week before and decided that we were going to wait. And instead during that time, we talked through what her experience was like, and it wasn't as like a coach and um, a client. It was just as two human beings who have had similar emotional experiences to life circumstances, just holding space for each other. And it's just so beautiful and so powerful. Erin is such a gift to this world and has blessed my life in so many ways. And having her be a part of the Mind Over Matter community is like the biggest bonus of my life because she engages in such a way that is so thoughtful and so meaningful and has all of these little wisdom nugget bombs that she drops on you day to day. And I'm just so grateful. And these are the types of conversations that we have within our community. So if you are craving a deeper connection and you want a space to process and feel your emotions and, and feel understood and not alone. We would just love to have you join us because this is what goes down and it's just a glimpse into the deep healing work that happens, but also while enjoying ourselves along the way. I mean, that's just something that we both are aligned with and we both bring into each other's life. Gosh, I'm just so grateful for these conversations. And speaking of gratitude, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being here and sharing your time with us. I just can't thank you enough time is so valuable and so precious so the fact that you took the time to listen to this episode means the world so remember to love yourself own your happiness and let your light shine my friend because you are so worthy of it